Hello, 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 6am run podcast community listeners, everyone out there. Thank you so much. It's Hami Mahani here, 6am run podcast. I want to obviously start off by, as I always do, saying thank you so much to everyone. And, you know, my gratitude to you all for helping this podcast grow. Very, very, very excited for today's episode. It's a Monday while we're recording this, but, uh, you know, obviously any day that we kind of come in here and work and we talk about fitness and health and which does bring you to, you know, this podcast, as we always have all known, it's brought to you by 6am run and obviously the great products that 6am run creates. So one of the biggest sponsors in helping get this podcast off the ground has been 6am run, hence the namesake. So again, obviously you guys already know that I'm very excited. I don't want to waste this person's time anymore at all. I, I was a little late. She's very patient with me, but I really want Danielle Burnock. How are you doing? And you are the host of the Victorious Souls podcast. Danielle, welcome to 6am Runs podcast and our show. And we're going to get into fitness and a lot of stuff. You and I were just talking about the pre-call, but can we start from square one? Thank you for being on the show. And can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor for you to reach out to me and explain why you were interested in what I do, because yes, I am the host of Victorious Souls podcast, but that's not the only thing I do. I focus on helping people heal from childhood trauma, emotional trauma, childhood emotional neglect, their mental health, their emotional health, their spiritual health, because that affects their overall health, where, as I was saying beforehand, how you focus more on the physical health, but they are all intertwined one with another. And I have a tagline on my website, to love yourself from survive to thrive. The core of my message is love because it is Mm -hmm. the greatest need that every human being has is to be loved and to know they're loved. There's no question about that. We obviously, I think you say childhood trauma. I think we carry, even if we don't view it as trauma, anything from our childhood, I think we carry into adulthood for sure. You know, competitiveness, right? Like if you're a child, that's just competitive. Exactly. Even positive things. If you were raised in a good way, unless you have addressed it specifically, everything that from your childhood is in your adulthood, unless you do something to change that. 1000%. So where do you start? So let's kind of start there. How do you get people to open up? I mean, I also feel like that's something we sometimes we want to suppress, right? We want to sometimes forget bad things, but it is obviously what makes us, right? It's kind of, we were talking a little bit in our pre-call, it's in your DNA. How do you get people to open up to you so you can find out like where the root, right? A lot of people, that that that, that I feel like is a great kind of slang term that's used a lot, but in a, a lot of good ways, getting to that root cause. How do you get to the root cause of someone opening up to you so you can find out, oh, I know where this current behavior comes from? Well, I do a number of things. And the first thing is a person needs to be willing. As you said, people, they deny it. They dismiss it. That's very, very common. They don't want to call it trauma. They don't want to call it neglect. They don't want to call it all these ugly words, just like people don't want to deal with mental health because they feel like they're going to be locked up in an asylum. Yeah. Scary words. It's It's about, do you want to thrive in life? Do you want to survive or do you want to thrive? And it's a choice that only the individual can make. And they have to come to a place where they're like, I am not happy with where I'm at in my life. I want to do something about it. Before that, I can't really help. They have to choose to want to do something about it. I have an assessment 
that I have people they can go through to find out the side effects is maybe they're, well, my life is, I, I know things are bothering me and I know I have things, but they really don't know and understand, which is quite typical of much of the trauma. There's certain glaring ones that people realize are trauma, right. like sexual assault. And, you know, when someone's been beaten to, you know, they're in the hospital and things like that, things very overt, mm -hmm. people recognize that many times the things that are perhaps even impacting them in a far deeper way are mm -hmm. things they dismiss as normal, just get over it. It's not a big deal. It's not as bad as those other things, but yet they have all these side effects in their life that are crippling them or hindering them or keeping them stuck because they affect us in all different ways. So I have an assessment that I, I offer people and they can see how much is their childhood affecting their adult life now. I want to get to that. Can we can we go back though? One thing you mentioned, I've talked to with this in a couple podcasts with people. I think you can take it a lot of steps further. Go back to what you were just saying about kind of people trying to move on, put it behind them. Or I feel like men, this is where my question's going. Men, predominantly we're told growing up, shake it off, don't cry, be a man. Do you see them more do that? I didn't mean to interrupt where you were going because I do want to get to your assessment. But I feel like, and, and again, growing up how I did, it was shake it off, don't cry. Men don't cry. Boys, you know, be strong, be tough. So part of what you're saying, I'm not saying women don't, but I know I feel like I've always tried to be like, I'm a tough guy. I don't cry. I'm not mad. I'm not upset and try to be very like unemotional when probably it's not a bad thing sometimes to maybe show some emotion. It seems like that's what you just kind of said. I wanted to kind of go back to that. Yes. My heart is for men. I'm female and people jump to the conclusion that I deal with just women. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for me to deal with women sure. because I am one. Right. But my heart is for men for the very reason that you said. They have been conditioned. They have been raised to suppress that part of them. Emotions mm -hmm. are a part of who we are. Sure. It's built into our DNA. It's a part of our body. Yeah. It's a part of our physiological system. And to deny that is like to cut off a part of who you are. Right. Imagine if you cut off your arm. You can't cut off your arm and then go, well, just get over it. No. People would probably yeah. do that. Some people would because they've been yeah. so conditioned to do that. Wow. But it's the same thing. Our emotions are messengers. There's a brilliant neurosurgeon named Dr. Caroline Leaf. Mm -hmm. I love when I heard her say emotions are messengers because if you've heard the term, don't shoot the messenger. Right. Someone comes along with a message you don't really want to hear, and they know you're not going to like what they have to say, and they'll say, don't shoot the messenger. Right. Emotions are messengers, and many people shoot the messenger. I don't want to hear what my emotions have to say. I don't want to hear that I'm angry. I don't want to hear that I'm upset. I don't want to hear that I'm jealous. I don't want to hear that whatever negative thing that they're feeling or that I'm freaking out or whatever the case may be, they are delivering a message and it's important to hear the message so that you can respond with intention. Because there are even circles like in certain religions that suppress the emotions also because they call them bad, but it is unhealthy to do so. They are messengers so that you can live a better life. In my book, Because You Matter, I talk about Dealing with emotions with skill. 
I've heard the term manage your emotions and control your emotions and these things that they can sound oppressive, not always, but they can. If you struggled with it, if you struggled with dealing with your emotions or responding to them in a positive manner, the more positive a word you can attribute to working with them, the better. So I love the word skill. It makes me think of fencing or something right. like that. It's skillful. And if we develop the skill to hear our emotions, to understand what is the message that they're telling me, and then you choose how to respond to that, and then you can respond with intelligence. Like emotional intelligence is somewhat of a new term. It's some in the last 50 years they've come up with that term. I, my generation I grew up in, there was no such thing right. as that. I grew up with, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. Children are to be seen and not heard. And, you know, a whole host of emotional neglect that they didn't mean, but I still suffered. My parents yeah. were not intentionally neglecting me or hurting me, but yet they did. Right. Wow. Yes, men do struggle with this, I think, in a different way than women. You know, I don't know if I'll say worse, maybe, I'm not sure, but it is quite different because they are taught to do that. Uh, one of the gentlemen I had on my podcast, Dr. Stefan Neff, he's in New Zealand. He's working on a anthology book to address what you're talking about. The working title for this book right now is Real Men Do Cry or something like that to address that, dealing with depression. Because if you ignore things, it doesn't go away. It's like if you had, you know, moles in your backyard, if you ignore them, they're not going to just go away. They're going right. to get worse. It's the same thing. If you have emotional pain, if you have trauma, if you have issues, you have something that's bothering you and you're busy going, that shouldn't be bothering me. <laughs> it's not going to just go away because you attack it like that. You have to process it so mm -hmm. that it can go to the other side. You can go through to the other side. It's the same thing with grief. Grief won't go away unless you process it. It will just stay there and it will go sepsis inside of you unless you deal with it. Wow. Okay. So trauma, grief. Now, if we can come over, you, you talk about dealing with it. What you do, if we can kind of get into what you do, finding, I think, that solution or finding that person or that therapy. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. What are your thoughts when people say therapy, when people say, okay, now I need help? What's the first thing? I feel like I've done this before myself, by the way. You can Google therapist, right? But like a million therapists come up on Google, a couple of local ones come up. I've just never felt like, and that's not something you can just go try 20 of and decide who's best. I, I hate to say that, but it's like each one is time consuming. You have to go and share so many things and figure out if that's the right decision. And I know this is a very long-winded kind of question, but I think you'll see in a second where I'm getting with it. Now you're like, all right, I need help. Take yourself out of what you do, Danielle, for one moment. Pretend you're advising a friend. What's the, the next steps? How deep are your troubles? There are different levels of help that a person needs. I am not a counselor. I do not do therapy. Okay. I'm not a licensed counselor. I am a coach. Okay. And a counselor, a licensed counselor, and I agree with you, you know, finding a counselor can be a lot of work. When I yeah. got mine, I had one many years ago and they almost did more harm than good. Mm -hmm. But then when I got a counselor to write my first book, 
I went through three of them before I found the one that worked. Okay. And I went to one a couple times. And then when she called me a liar because she was late and the door wasn't open and then I was leaving and then she called, I'm like, no, you're not safe. One of the primary things that a person needs if they are dealing with their childhood things is they need to feel safe. You must feel safe. Safety is imperative to dealing with those places where there are wounds and where there's pain. So I would say the first thing to do is maybe find a book, okay. find a book, do a Google search, you know, do some research for yourself to find out a little bit of where you're at. What do you, unless you already know, well, I always do this when this happens, but I don't know why. Well, you have a starting point. You need to find some sort of starting point. Why are you looking for help? You can't seem to hold down a job. Every one of your relationships goes to crap. You know, you can't control your temper. Whatever it is to find out what that is. And if you have deep-rooted things that you need to process your childhood, like go back through it over and over and like go through it extensively, then you need a counselor. You need a licensed therapist. Right. But if you're like, this is keeping me stuck here and I want to move forward, that's when you can get a coach. That's what I do. I have a course based on my first book that helps someone do that too, takes them through. It can be self-study or they can add coaching to go with it. And they can do it in the privacy so it's safe, the privacy of their own home to go through, you know, what happened, where, and the different things and how to walk you through that so you can identify, oh, like one woman, she went through it and she had no idea this one incident had affected her so deeply. And it was something that she would dismiss as that wasn't a big deal. But something that may seem like not a big deal, but it's like walking around with a rock in your shoe. You got to get the rock out of your shoe. Even you may see that I shouldn't have a rock in my shoe. Well, you do. You can't think it away. Right. Addressing it, getting the coaching. Now let's go. It's obviously implementation is people are so stuck in their ways, right? So can you tell me, I feel like, you know, back in my day, I'm 42 years old. I feel like, you know, I grew up in an era when people really were trying to quit smoking, right? People really discovered, I think as I was growing up, my kind of generation, whatever you want to call it, really discovered how smoking was bad for them. And and my generation really was like, one of the biggest things, and I know I'm repeating myself right now, but they were like, look, we've got to quit smoking. We have identified that there's this problem. Smoking does shorten our lives, gives you lung cancer, X, Y, and Z. We need to get this bad thing out of our lives, right? So people, and correct me if I'm wrong, people were like, all right, let's figure out ways, patches, cold turkey, courses, groups, whatever, let's get rid of it. How do you help, as, as, whether it's in coaching, maybe through therapy, These are habitual mistakes people are making in their lives from trauma that you were just saying caused earlier. How can we help break cycles? And then also too, let me bring it a little step further back by saying some of the trauma that we go through as kids, I know, for example, and let me use this as an example. I know I sometimes see myself treating my daughter the way my dad treated me right? So we're inherently taking that trauma sometimes, right? And I don't want to say trauma, by the way, like, again, don't take this. I'm just saying sometimes I feel like I can be my parents, right? Do you see sometimes people take that trauma and it becomes this like just cycle? And again, the habitual acts, habitual things that you're doing. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Oh, it's definitely it's called generational trauma. Right. <laughs> and it does it. It cycles unless you become a cycle breaker. Right. It will just recycle over right. and over and over again. A colleague of mine named, she goes by Dr. Victorious. She was the first person in her family to get a PhD and all of that. She studied ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences and about being a cycle breaker and you know, grieved her because she repeated one thing from her previous generation. She ended up getting divorced when you know her parents had done that. But you know, there's only so much you can do yeah. in your life too. So there's, there's no condemnation there at all. But she's dealing with it differently after the fact. Wow. Also, something that studies prove is nurturing healthy relationships, especially with the caregiver, if that's possible, mm -hmm. they mitigate trauma. So some, trauma isn't actually the incident. Mm -hmm. Trauma is what happens inside your body, inside your brain as a result of that incident because you were unable to deal with it. Yeah. So that's where resilience comes in, training people to grow in resilience. So a man who wants to be strong, it's good for him to want to build resilience. Resilience is a good thing, but that doesn't mean he can't ever cry, but can become more and more resilient to do that. So if someone goes through what some have called an exposure to trauma, which it could cause trauma, if they go through this situation, but they are surrounded with love and compassion and nurturing, mm -hmm. they can actually come through that situation, that terrible situation, not being traumatized. Well, wow. it's not the incident. It's how they go through that. So it's like the thing of healing from the trauma. If you have this repetitive thing going on, one of the primary things that needs to take place, but not the only thing is you have to retrain your mind. Your mind needs to be made new. You need to think differently, but you can't just tell yourself, think differently. You have to Instead of this, I need to think this. I have mm -hmm. a whole thing on instead. When this happens, you do this instead. It's like when someone was going to quit smoking, like you brought it up. How many people gained weight when they quit smoking? They because have, they were I, they, eating yeah. instead. But if they do something on purpose instead that's healthy, then they can replace that. Because mm -hmm. you can't just rip something out of someone's life and it be a vacuum. Something's yeah. going to go rushing into that hole that you opened up. Yeah. So you have to put something in that. I have a framework, um, the acronym SELF. It stands for see, expose, love, and free. And it's a cycle going through the different layers of that. You have to see what is going on in your life. How is this affecting you? Like and then expose, well, why is that happening? What happened to you? What caused this? And then the L for love, because you need to fill up on love. You need to love yourself. You need to surround yourself with love. I'm a Christian, so I focus on the love of God. Not everyone believes that way. No. Well, that's how I believe. But filling up on that love gives you the courage to do the fourth step, which is free. That's the action step to take a step of action. And sometimes that action step can only be a little thing, but it's something. And then you stick with that. And then you see, how is that affecting you now? And then you, you go under that. And you do that cycle over and over again to bring yourself emerging free on the other side of it. And how long that takes depends on how deep the hole is, how many different things you have to deal with. It's very individual to a person's situation and what they've gone through and what they're dealing with now. 
No, it's it, hearing you say all this, it, it, you know, and not funny. Funny is not the right word, but it's very, very educational. And it definitely is like some, oh, wow moments. I mean, as you're saying that, what's going even through my mind, you know, I know we're talking about, we started off and I, I think I, I, I use the word childhood trauma, but I will say, I don't so much like the word trauma. And let me tell you something and why I'm saying that. Even like relationships, right? I don't think my first daughter is with another woman. I would not say that relationship was traumatizing, right? But it was not a great and healthy relationship, right? We were not compatible. But sometimes when you have a relationship like that, when I went, met my current wife, we have a great relationship together. In the very beginning, I didn't know how to act at first because I'm used to like fighting, right? Like, you know what I'm just saying? So I, I don't want to use the word trauma. I wasn't traumatized by my ex, but like, you know, you definitely, I think, have to evolve, learn. Sometimes you don't need therapy, but one thing that's good is I think sometimes you also need healthy relationships. Am I making sense? Coaching, they're coaching for all different things. Like there's coaches for, you know, football, basketball. Right. The coach is something just to help you live a better life. Right. It's like coach you how I have this thing that's holding me back here and I need to get to the other side and I don't know how. That's when you can hire a coach to help you do that. There's right. you know all different kinds of coaches for different things, personal growth and relationship coaches, divorce recovery coaches. Someone I interviewed on my podcast, she helps people recover specifically from betrayal because that leaves you devastation behind and sometimes people will they'll get stuck in the this is good enough and they won't really get to the bottom of it and get to the other side oh i mean i, I was gonna say to trust issues i mean if you've been cheated on right like i mean then you can't go trust let's say you meet someone who's great but you bring that kind of baggage there and now that relationship which potentially could have been a good one you know it's funny too my wife i'm a workaholic right and my wife always says, you know, she could sit there and, and complain. I work a lot. Or she can say the time that we get with you, we're going to do our best to enjoy that time. You know what I mean? So, and I think that that enlightens me all the time. We're like, wow, like, let's not fight. Let's not stress. Let's not bring in baggage into a situation that should be fun and enjoyable. As we kind of get into it, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for the insight. We're kind of, as we come into the fourth quarter, I do want to talk a little bit about your podcast. I want you to give us all the links and everything. We'll get to that in a little bit. We've got, I've got some time. I'm in no rush, but like, tell me about without giving names. And I, even though you're a coach, I, I know you probably out of respect have this kind of a coach client privilege. So I, oh, I don't definitely. names. But can you tell us certain examples of just things you maybe see every day that maybe, I don't know if you have one kind of like just randomly can pull up and think of it that you see a lot of, are there anything you see people do every day that you deal with? And you're like, look, some of the most common mistakes I see people just make or think or don't think of anything like that come up when I say that? Dismissing, dismissing the things that are bothering them. You know, they'll say that, but then immediately as they say, well, they'll, you know, fill in the blank, whatever situation happening, you know, it bothers me. But no, I, never mind. It's not a big deal. And they'll go, it's not a big deal. So it's not a big deal. But it's still bothering them. Yeah. But they do that. Another thing that's a common trauma response is constantly apologizing. Constantly apologizing for yourself, constantly apologizing for what you think, what you feel, but constant apologizing because you don't own who you are. Yeah. And that's why I have like a little course called Seven Day Challenge to Love Yourself, to find out why 
don't you love yourself? Babies are born loving themselves. Right. No baby is born self-harming. You know? yeah. <laughs> they want to flourish. They want to be taken care of. They want to be loved. But something happens that makes us start all that self-loathing and the dismissing of ourself and the mm. tearing down of ourselves out of our own mouth. That's just very toxic to ourselves. But there's a reason. And if you get behind that and then start working towards seeing your value and speaking your value and owning that value and starting to love yourself because then you'll start taking care of yourself because we take care of the things that we think are important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and you should like, I mean, and that goes back, by the way, that goes back to fitness. We didn't talk about that. You and fitness, you have a not great story, but this is, I think a perfect segue into physical fitness, loving yourself and taking care of your body. Right. If Mm -hmm. you can't, that's part of our, you know, one of our core values. And one of the things I've talked about in a TED talk and extensively, if you can't be at your physical best, right? The first person you should easily be able to take care of is yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And when we talk about that all the time with running and being as healthy as you possibly can, the healthier I am, the better father I am, the better CEO I am, the better husband I am. Nothing is at its best if I'm not at my best. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. But so many times people will think that that's just physical. Right. For someone to be at their best incorporates their mental best, their emotional best. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. It takes mental energy to push through running. I am not a runner. I do not like running. <laughs> just telling myself right there. But it takes mental energy. I mean, how much do we hear this? The Whoever broke that, the minute mile or whatever that was, Again, my ignorance is showing there with running. So no, I was going to say, it's, it's not. The four-minute mile, that's what it was. They said no one could ever do that. But because of mental toughness and pushing through, this person broke that record. So that shows the importance of the mind and not just the body. And I bring up also the emotional aspect, which is not the same as the mind, but is part of it. And also a spiritual aspect of it, because the breath that is in us, yes, we, you know, that's, that for that's sure. the spirit in a man is the breath that is in them. And all of these things are very important because we're not just a body. Like I said with you, when we first started, we're not just a body. Right. No, for sure. How many stories have we heard this person, they run all the time and they eat all the right things and they do all these things physically and they take care of their physical self, but then they end up dying of a heart attack because well, they weren't taking care of their mind. They were stressed out or they had something they hadn't dealt with in their past and they were emotionally you know, presenting in the body because the body keeps the score like that book by uh, Dr. Vanderkoek. It does. You have mm-hmm. to take care of the whole thing. So Yeah. No, going back to the, the I do want to say about the running, my wife and I, we joke about it. I don't like running. I don't like it. And, and when you talk about the mental toughness, as crazy as this sounds, it's almost, and I spoke, we had a hypnosis on one of our episodes. We haven't released the episode yet, but there's just, just a hypnotic kind of, she said hypnosis is not that old school, you know, waving right. a stopwatch. But sometimes when I do like a 30 to a minute to an hour long run, there is a state of hypnosis. My body's actually under that I don't even know of right? At some point, your body just is like, all right, we're doing this for like the next, you know, it's kind of like when you're driving, have you ever driven anywhere? And and this example I know is overrated, but have you ever driven anywhere, got to where you were supposed to get to, and you kind of just 
don't remember the like i mean it's not again yeah it's called disassociation it's a uh, it's a small amount of it just recently i was either reading a book or listening to a podcast i think it was a podcast about that the disassociation because the body yeah it was it was definitely a podcast with dr kurt thompson oh wow about the power that is in the body the body can do things all by itself it's like we do we go on autopilot yep and we disassociate but the body can handle that because the body knows what we've been doing. Yeah, it's we, crazy. We, do, we find ourselves safely there, and I go, "Thank God, I got here safe." How did I do no, that? No, no, no. <laughs> it is. It truly is. No, this has been great. And kind of closing it out. Uh, anything else I missed asking? You know, our audience is a, is an amazing, persevering kind of group. Anything else that maybe I missed that you know you'd love to kind of talk about or anything else? You know, please, Danielle. Well, I'd like to bring up my four core values of a victorious soul. Please, go, let's go. I have four core values of a victorious soul. And the first one is love and honor center. The second one is having a warrior mindset. Third one is take ownership. And the fourth one is self-care. This is the core of all that I do and all that I focus at. So anyone who would want to coach with me or do any of my courses, those would be incorporated in all of them. Okay. And where can we find that? At my website, daniellebernock.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-B-E-R-N-O-C-K.com. You can access all my programs and everything from my website there. My podcast, too, is available. All the places podcasts are available. My books, my courses, everything. Yeah. And Danielle, by the way, we're, we're going to put all that in the bio. This was great. I am very thankful to have you on. Thank you so much. And I mean... It was so refreshing. I learned, you know, a little bit about myself today and I do feel a little more inspired to kind of kind of like question more and and kind of be more open to. I think, like I said, part of what I've learned in this podcast journey from yourself, from some of the amazing guests we've had is to really, I think what ultimately it comes down to and correct me if I'm wrong and don't stop doing what you're doing. Like I said, I think Working on ourselves physically is always a great thing. I think we don't have enough self-love sometimes, right? Like, you know, I tell my kids and a lot of parents tell their kids, I love you, I love you, right? But sometimes we need to tell ourselves, I love you, right? Like right. I love myself, right? And you're a good guy. You're, you know, I always tell, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you're beautiful, you're great. And it's like, sometimes you maybe look like, I know it sounds corny, but it's like, look at yourself and just be like, Hey, I love you. You're great. And I think I love what you're doing. So please don't stop doing that. Someone like you, your role is very important in today's society more than ever. So please don't stop that. Uh, Continue to what you do. Guys, we'll put all of Danielle's information in the bios and everything. So Danielle, thank you so much. And you're always welcome on 6am runs podcast. Whenever, if you have anything that you want to shoot out to our audience, please let us know. So again, thank you so much for your time today. Can I add one more thing? You can because what you said about the self-love, I just thought of something because people it. can get stuck on the, you know, I love you, you're a great guy. They do that. And after a while, they they feel like they're being, like you yeah. said, corny. And they get to a point where they actually don't believe themselves because they feel too corny to themselves. They'll think to themselves, well, you're just blowing smoke and they won't be really listening. We right. need to really be genuine with loving ourselves, which includes we have to like ourselves. And just give you an example here. And we have to love ourselves when we don't like ourselves. Like when we do something wrong, we still need to love ourselves. Like think about your daughter. You mentioned your daughter. Has your daughter ever done anything that you didn't like? 
Yeah, of course, a lot right? of times, of course, yes. Well, you still loved her when she did something you did not like, right? 1,000%. We need to do that with ourselves. Right. We need to say, okay, Danielle, you did that. I don't like that you did that, but I still love you. Oh, yeah. And if we'll talk to ourselves like that, we'll believe ourselves instead of just the surface kind of things. It's like, because that's when we really need love is when we feel unlovable. Well, and you have to figure too, and I've said this on a previous episode. If Danielle, if I ask you who's your best friend, what would your answer be? Well, I had like three things pop in at the same time. <laughs> so, but if I really told you, you know, when you think of what the definition, right, of a best friend is, the one person you probably talk to more than any person during the course of a day or family is member myself. is yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, if you really think about it, and maybe best friend's the wrong wording, right? But you are your own like best friend. I, I just, I use the word best friend. Well, I, I talk to myself. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, if I'm up, let's say 10 hours a day, nine of those hours, I'm talking to myself. You know what I mean? There's a great book out there about that called what to say when you talk to yourself. Right. No. And, and it's like, so I'm constantly like a yin, the yang, uh, you know, the angel, the devil, like I'm, I'm constantly going back and forth with things. I'm constantly looking at things saying, what's going on here? What like, you know, uh, driving or anytime, right? Like during this, as we're having this show, you're saying things and I'm constantly like, man, that's you, homie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I think like too, you have to remember just like you would with a real person friend that was sitting in front of you, if they were going through some, I curse a little bit, Daniel, forgive me, but if they were going through some shit, That's right? Okay. Like you would, Be you would, <laughs> yeah. If a friend of yours was in front of you, a physical form, they're going through some stuff. You would be like, Hey, I think you should do this and, and change this or get rid of this person in your life. And, and I think like, I think once people kind of embrace that self-love, self-talking, being their best friend or, you know, looking out for themselves. I think it's so, what I don't like is that it's like, uh, almost like, it's like faux pas. If you tell people, I talk to myself all the time. Why is that wrong? Why is it a bad thing? No, everyone does it. So it's not. Yeah. I encourage my clients when they are upset with themselves because they did something that bothers them. An exercise I give them is imagine a friend, like you, you had the same kind of thing. Imagine a friend of yours that you love very much did something that they were very upset at themselves about. I want you to write them a letter of what you would encourage them with and how, how to help them through that thing. Yeah. And then when you're done reading, when you're done writing it, I want you to put your name in there and read it to yourself. Love that. You need to treat yourself with the same love you would treat someone else. Absolutely. Danielle, thank you so much for the time today. You know, again, we, we definitely will put all of this out there. I can't wait to get this out there. Might have to bump it up a few episodes, but because uh, I, I know we're a little bit, we're stockpiling and getting so many amazing guests like yourself. So I definitely want to get this out there. So it'll probably be out there in about three or four weeks, uh, just to let you know. But um, guys, audience, everyone, thank you so much. We will put all of Danielle's information, her podcast, everything that we've got with, uh, with that she shared with us, we'll put it out there so you guys can visit, click on it. And I, I highly recommend, I might have to have her coaching me sometimes. So I appreciate it, Danielle. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Danielle. All right, guys, everyone have a great, 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 great rest of your day. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks guys. Bye-bye.